0: What's up, everybody? John English here with another edition. This is episode three of the Broken Man podcast, and I want to welcome each and every one of you that are taking the time out of your busy quarantine schedule to uh, check out the show. Um, I, w- I want to explain, last weekend I did not do a show, and, I, and I'll be quite honest with you. I just wasn't feeling it. And it's, it's one of the many things that I have to deal with um spiritually the spiritual warfare is insane and it is just getting worse and worse and worse it's it's hard to uh, keep that desire going to do you know to, to do anything for god anymore because it's, it's just it seems like we're getting really really close i've mentioned this in the past we're getting really really close and and there's a reason i say that there's just so much happening and eventually i'll get around to that but this show here This is my, um, part two of my testimony. So, um, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't feel like I did the first part correctly. I I think I made it way too much about myself. And that's one of the things that I've been fighting while doing these shows. Uh, even doing the live radio shows back in the day was I was just trying too hard to to make it about myself. I don't know exactly what I wanted from people, from listeners. I, I, I really don't know. Cause I, cause I'm not, I'm not egotistic. I'm not, I'm not any of that. And and maybe there was a a touch of, um, I want people look, look at me, notice me, you know, because I haven't done anything spectacular or anything like that. You know, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame and, and I guess maybe that's part of it. And, and I felt like the, the first part of my testimony was, uh, evident. There was some evidence of that inside of that testimony. I didn't really go into detail. Um, and, and also there was something, I, I really didn't tell you what God had done for me, so to speak. So I'll, I'll briefly touch on that, you know, considering the past, obviously we'd made it up to my third marriage. And, um, so I'll, I'll go back and I want to tell you what God has done for me, how he's protected me my entire life. And I don't know why. I really don't know why there are people out there that have said to me, well, it's just the universe likes you, Johnny, you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. I, I, for some reason, God has protected me my entire life. And I don't know why I don't deserve it by any means. Um, just as an example, now I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I told you in the last episode about, uh, how I was a very small child and I had said, I hated God, you know? Uh, Because I actually felt some sort of sympathy for the devil, you know, not to be confused with the Rolling Stones song. But um, it's true. I did say that. And and it bothered me uh, when I remembered that. It it really did bother me. Um, And then I got saved or, you know, got saved, got baptized. And I was in eighth grade. And I still can't remember exactly what year or what time or how old I was probably I guess what 11 12ish I think somewhere in that neighborhood and uh I felt something you know but I don't know if it really if I was really saved at that point um and and I'll tell you why later when I when I finally get to the current quote unquote current things God has done for me in the past few years but uh, just as an example uh my entire life it, it it's like I wasn't that outgoing kid. I was, I was kind of a little bit weird, probably kind of nerdish in a way, you know, and, um, always that chubby kid. So, you know, you know how kids are, you know, well, people are still are are that way. If you're not pretty and beautiful and thin and fit and all that, you get treated a different way. That's the way society is. And you can pretend like you treat people all the same, but we really don't. None of us do. Why, why do you think they put, you know, beautiful people on TV? A majority of people on TV are beautiful people, quote unquote, beautiful people, what they consider to be beautiful people and fit, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, so I wasn't that person. I, w- I was always kind of chubby, kind of a loner uh, in a sense. I had a few friends, no big deal, but we moved around so much. It was hard for me to make, a, you know, friend connections. And, uh, I made a few here and there you know every once in a while I, I met somebody that was somewhat like me or you know whether they took pity on me or whatever but uh you know we we I had a, a weird kind of a weird life I guess and and a lot of it had to do with the fact that um, we moved around so much but uh, just as an example again I'll get to it you know how I am I'm rambling as an example um. I guess when I was in around ninth grade, I had moved to a brand new school once again, and there was a guy there was a kid that uh I somehow connected with I don't know how we connected because he was kind of athletic and somewhat popular uh and he ran with a group of kids other group of kids that were kind of uh uh I wouldn't call them popular. Popular. He 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 was popular with popular kids, and then popular with the unpopular kids. The kids that were, you know, rebelling against the man, man. You know, the, those kind of trench coat mafia type. You know, not. That's the only term I can think of right off the top of my head. So, um, he and I connected somehow, and we got pretty close. Like he would go on vacations with us. Uh, we well, we only went on vacation once that I can remember. Uh, down to Florida, but he went with us, and we spent a lot of time. Uh, he actually got me into Dungeons and Dragons, which I kind of regret. But um, he actually, we, we did a lot of things together. So when when he and I started hanging out together a lot, he stopped hanging out with all these other kids, right? These 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 trench coat kids, these loners, these uh, not loners, but uh, um, the unpopular popular. You know how how you make it popular to be unpopular. That's kind of the thing. It's like they were too cool for the room type kids, you know. They hated the popular kids, but they had they actually ended up doing the same thing to other kids by pretending to be so cool. But anyway, um, they actually got jealous of uh, this this kid and his and I relationship. and there was a time I remember very, uh, very, very well, we were in the gym, of course back then you had to go to gym right now they don't hardly make you go to gym anymore, but we we were in gym we we're playing basketball and because I love basketball, even though I wasn't athletically gifted, um, I loved basketball. I had the mechanics. I just didn't have the uh, physical ability. but um we're shooting basketball in gym, and i I just I had that feeling. I had that sinking feeling this kid was going to try something and I knew exactly what he was going to do before he did it. I knew he was going to throw that basketball at my head. Now you can call it sixth sense. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It might be part of that whole deal that I had told you about before, where I had these feelings deja vu. I had all this thing, you know, growing up throughout, you know, some kind of weird special ability to just read people very well call it spirit of discernment whatever you want to call it but i just knew that what i knew exactly what this kid was going to do exactly i could see it in my my mind so i go to shoot the ball and just as my ball left my fingertips i turned and he had thrown the ball at my head and i caught the ball about 12 inches away from my face And keep in mind, I'm not physically, I'm not that physically gifted to where I'm that fast. I just, I don't think that wasn't the case. I knew what this kid was going to do, I knew it deep in my heart. I caught the ball. The look on this kid's face was, I don't know how to explain it. The, The kid was just in amazement, he was shocked he could not believe and he even uttered out of his mouth he's like wow you know he he couldn't control what he said he just it just blurted he just blurted it out without realizing he was talking and he was amazed and i just took the ball and shot it and i made the shot by the way but it was i didn't realize it at the time but god was protecting me you know from bullies he protected me from bullies my entire life these kids because I would move to new schools all the time and everybody, and you can t- try to deny it all you want, but a lot of you are bullies. You know, and and we probably all have that bully in us. I'm sure I did the same thing to certain people, not, you know, whether intentional or non-intentional, you still did it. You're still guilty. But, uh you know, that's just a small example. But, but protecting me all my life from these bullies, all these kids could have just easily just ganged up and beat the crap out of me or or for whatever, you know, whatever, one or two kids or whatever. We had some pretty tough kids back in the day. Kids were tough back then. And uh I never not one kid ever took a swing. Not one. And it wasn't because I was a a tough kid. I wasn't. I looked soft and fat and pudgy and, you know, until I got into high school where I thinned out a little bit, but you know, it was uh That's one of the small ways God has protected me my entire life. You know, not to mention um, having to watch my stepfather basically pistol whip my mother because she had gotten she was off doing her thing, meeting somebody else, and he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic, and he was a raging. This particular night, and he woke me up out of bed to make me watch and who knows what he could have done? I mean he could have you know killed her, killed me, and you know you've you've seen those. you've seen those in the news, murder suicides, and you know where somebody they killed the whole family, or, you know it's just it's very possible they could have happened. God's protected me a lot through my entire life. but anyway, I uh, just wanted you to know. You know, there's several other examples throughout my early life, but let's fast forward to where we left off in the uh, the uh, first ep- or the first part of my testimony, which is podcast number two. If you need to know, go back and listen. I I got to the point when I had gotten divorced from my second wife. I kind of went nuts. Again, God still protected me. I used to get so drunk, just wasted, and drive. I drove like that. How I never had an accident, killed someone, killed myself, I have no idea. There's no reason for it. No reason why I shouldn't have had some kind of accident or something. But God protected me. He was always there for me. Even though I wasn't even looking at him. I I wasn't even thinking about it. I would have fleeting thoughts, of course. But I was, you know, roughly around 30 years old. I was just, uh, I lost my mind. I I just, and still, again, afraid to be alone. I had a roommate and uh, never, I had a roommate. I had a bedroom. And I never had any furniture it was crazy. I, I just, like, I knew I was, I wasn't going to be there long, you know, but so anyway, and, and I met up with some really young girl and, and, uh, she, I mean, she was of age, relax. And, uh, eventually ended up moving in with her and I'd taken, that's when I started driving a truck. It was locally, but you know, I, dude, gosh, there's so many, so much that happened around that time. You know, I was, I was just, uh, I was stupid. I was insane. I walked away from my second wife and her daughters and they needed, you know, they, the, the girls couldn't understand why I left. Especially the youngest. I was very close with her because she was only like two when we first met. And, uh, she was like, she, I was the only dad she knew. She didn't even know her own father. At the time, you know, and uh, I walked away from all that. I didn't have any problems because once the issues happened with her, uh, her mother, and, and, you know, once I that bond was broken, I was just able to walk away. No problem. You know, I was a real piece of work. There's a better word for that, but I'm not going to say it. I'm trying to keep this clean. And I regret every bit of that. I really do. Like I said, those girls, but those girls have turned around. They are awesome young women and they have awesome families. They've done really, really, really well despite uh, me, despite my involvement in their life for a short period of time, which, well, six years isn't a short period, but you know what I mean. So I, I start going crazy drinking and driving and doing all kinds of dumb stuff and hanging out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. And then some friends of ours, a uh, guy that I drove truck with, or worked. well, we worked for the same company. He and his, his girlfriend had uh, set up a card game with uh, my current wife. And we actually had a date based off of who won the card game, which is completely insane. That should have been the first red flag. But, you know, we uh, we developed a relationship. It was one of those things where – in the beginning i i i just couldn't figure out why she would want to be with me i i just i really didn't and i was so down on myself and uh wasn't didn't really have a lot of uh i guess uh because i was kind of coming out of another bad this this one girl that i had just fallen in love with and we never got a chance we never really got together because she was doing her thing and Um, so I was really hooked on this one girl and it took me a long time to get away from her. I had actually gotten hooked on her during my second marriage, uh, when all the other stuff went down and, and, you know, like I said, my wife, my second wife and I both did bad things in in this, uh, in, in that marriage, you know, we both screwed up. Neither one of us, you know, are scot-free. But anyway, uh, so it took me a while to get over this other lady, girl, She's a lady now. She was a girl then. They hooked me. Uh, we played this card game. They, they introduced me to my third wife, which, you know, obviously we didn't know at the time. And we ended up, you know, getting together and, and uh, I moved in with her and, and it's kind of, that's just kind of where it started. We were together for a while, you know, a few months or whatever. And uh, I decided, well, a few weeks. And because, you know, again, I I never could, I couldn't live alone. And I did have very strong feelings for her. I don't know if we could call it love. And, and I think we both needed each other at the time. I don't think we were quote unquote in love at the time. We eventually fell in love. You know, we, we had there was love. There's love. There's still love in that marriage. This marriage. I keep saying that marriage. We actually still love each other very much. But so much has happened, you know, and and here we are. I I can't. We both hate it. We both hate what happened, on both of our sides. You know, we both the regret. We both have a lot of regrets. And um, if it's God's will, we'll be together again. I I don't know. That's I'm leaving all that up to God. I'm just kind of trying to go with God's plan right now. But. Um, Anyway, during the marriage we had a lot of ups and downs financially, a lot of bad decisions a lot of we were that's the bad thing is we were both bad with money you know we both didn't know how to handle money well and um not gonna go into detail with that stuff, but you know things are going pretty well um I would say. I would say up to 9-11 and it's like 9-11 happened shortly after my first, my first daughter, she had a daughter. So my stepdaughter, uh, she already had her. I think mean, she was roughly around six when we first met. So, um, but when her and I had, I started having children together. Um, and I can tell you, I firmly believe that I never had children after my first wife, that when we had that abortion, I don't think God allowed me to have children until I repented from that. I think that was, you know, whether I had to forgive myself. God forgave me for sure. And uh, I had to forgive myself. And eventually, you know, God allowed me to have children of my own. So my first daughter was born. And then shortly afterwards, 9-11 happened. And it's like the world is crazy. The world is, is in fear and uh i was a little bit scared too but when 9-11 happened let me i don't know how some of you felt but i felt like a giant weight was lifted off my shoulders it was weird and i've talked about this in the past i don't understand why that was it's almost like i knew that was the beginning of the end like that was that was a starting point you know Like, the end times were coming. That was the beginning. And that was the catalyst for everything was going to start speeding up. And it has. It it really has, if you think about it. So, uh, during this time, I was an owner-operator, a trucking owner-operator. And uh, I met a man out of Florida. His name was Don. Donald. And, uh... We got really close. We talked about God a lot, you know, and uh, he actually got me into the Left Behind series. Some of you probably know what that is, uh, the Left Behind series, Um, and I got really deep into that, and I wasn't into... I wasn't into it because of the storyline per se. It was it was just a feeling. I just it just I was feeling blessed by reading it and and thinking the whole time I'm thinking about man how awesome it would be to experience this stuff and actually do something for God. So that's my first trigger, right? Like like that was like God throwing me a little bit of a, you know, waving a flag in front of me, saying, Hey, you know, I've been trying to get your attention all your life. But you know hello you know it's time i remember my wife and i had had driven by a uh a, a small radio station i didn't even know it was a radio station because when i lived on the illinois side so so by the way i lived on the iowa side now when i met my third wife my wife now i lived on the illinois side prior to that my the entire time i was in the quad cities so you know, we'd driven by this small, little, tiny radio station. And it was a house. It was just somebody's house. But they had it. It was actually a radio station. It was a very small, low-powered AM radio station. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, I had this weird idea. I was like, man, I kind of want to do radio. I feel like God might want me to do something with radio. And, and then it just kind of got... Pushed to the back I think that was God's first wake up like he was trying to wake me up and show me something obviously and then uh, we got really heavy into the left behind series and it was really it really got me close to God some weird things started happening to me I mean I started praying all the time and things were getting really good financially like we were doing really well we started doing really well. I was doing really well with the, the trucking thing. And, uh, my wife was, uh, I think she was teaching at the time. So she was doing something she was happy with. And we had, you know, during this time we had my son, my son came along. Um, he had a lot of problems initially, like, uh, skin problems. It was, uh, it was hard. It's hard to explain. Poor, poor little guy, man. It was, it was horrible. And she was very, very close to him and taking care of him while I was out on the road. I mean, I was home pretty much every weekend, but I didn't, I still missed a well over half my kids' lives for several years because I was only home on weekends, sometimes only for literally 36 hours. And I, and, and being an owner operator, I had to keep the wheels rolling, as they say. And there was no time for vacations. I do. And, and cause we weren't good with money. I was, I was worried about spoiling them with, you know, I was making really good money, really good money, especially for the time. It's like the more money I made, the further away from God I got, you know, but we were able to buy a house out in uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, uh, out of town. And by the time my son came along and then, um, uh, we had a miscarriage. She got pregnant again and and had a miscarriage after I think she was five months, four months, five months. And she was devastated. I didn't know what to say to her. I I had no idea how to act. She was just, uh, she was devastated. And I didn't understand that at the time. I did, but I didn't. I didn't know how to comfort her. I tried. I did the best I could. You know, I wish I would have done a lot more. Because I think that's probably the beginning. I, If I had to put a finger on it, I would say that's probably where, you know, we're at the peak of financial, you know, doing well financially. Everything was going really good. I was getting close to God and, you know, at one point in time. But then as we started doing better financially, of course, we started going away from God. And we started doing things that not very Christ-like. And then she had that miscarriage. And I believe that's probably the beginning of where we started going down different paths. So it's very possible that could be the beginning. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but anyway, um, as we, you know, during this time of, you know, before that and everything, there was a time just so you know, some of the weird things that happened to me when I said there were some weird things that happened to me in that shorter period of time, you know, like a year's time. Um, I was down in Augusta, Georgia and I was getting fuel in my big truck and, um, while I was fueling, there was a guy walked up. It was a pilot. They had if some of you might remember when they took over the speedways, uh, pilot bought, I don't know if they bought all the speedways, but I know they bought a bunch of them. And so they just switched everything over to pilot. So the pilot truck was there to deliver fuel. And the way they it was a very small station, so they actually had to take up a uh fuel lane in order to fuel. So I had to move in order for him to fuel. So I was sitting there fueling, and it's like, hey. He kind of walked out and I said, Hey, I'll I'll be done here in a second. I'll pull up for you. He's like, eh, that's not a big deal. He goes, Don't worry about it. Take your time. I'm getting paid, you know? And he goes, Yeah, I don't think things are gonna get much better until Christ comes back. And it just it kind of shocked me. I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, what this guy doesn't even know me. And he's talking to me, and, and he starts talking to me, and he's he's got Bible verses written down, and we're just chatting. And I've had this crazy feeling come over me like you just could not understand it's the feeling that I wished all of you could feel and if you could feel it I think you would see things differently you would know God is, exists and you would know Jesus was his son and then he died for you if you could feel what I felt that night I mean this guy I never met this guy I was I was kind of in I wasn't really into these quick friendships and stuff like that where you're like hey man hug it out you know kind of stuff you know when you just meet somebody but uh that guy i gave a big hug to and thanked him um and that night i was on my knees man and i was crying and i could feel that that chills those chills going up my spine and they say that's when you feel the holy spirit that's the holy spirit giving you that you know but i could feel whatever you call it i had it and and it was crazy. It was it was just the most intense moment that I've ever had. To this day. I've had well, I've had a couple other moments, you know, but I mean for up to that point, that's the most intense time. And so that that was another big flag. God's waving a flag. Hey, you know, pay attention. You're being called for something and you're not paying attention. So Uh, That happened a few times. You know, stuff like that, whether you call it supernatural events or whatever, or the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, that's happened to me a couple times. And I knew it was special, but again, I fell away. I just keep walking away from God, and, and I don't know why. Well, then... Amber got pregnant again not long, you know, I can't remember how exactly how long it was after her uh, miscarriage with our third daughter, with our uh well, her third daughter, my second daughter by you know what I'm talking about. So it, well, th- our third daughter. I consider my stepdaughter my daughter. So, or our youngest uh, our youngest child. How about that? That's a that's a better way to put it. Our youngest child. And after she was born, You know, we've got uh, four kids in the house and I'm doing pretty well financially and then all of a sudden I have an accident and we lose everything. I mean everything. But God had made a way for us. He kept a roof over our heads. There were times when we had to use You know, be on state help, and also use some of you know some of the good services out there that some of the churches provide. You know, food pantries and stuff like that. We had to use that for a while, for a little bit. And God got me. You know, I I feel like God got us through all that easily. It was it's definitely all God. He got us through all that. And my wife knew that. She knew. Uh, You know, we had talked about faith and she had, you know, said that she had, uh, thanks to Donald and, you know, that she had realized that we were telling the truth and we were talking the truth and all that. But, and we had always talked about going to church together, finding a church together and praying together. We talked about praying together, but we never prayed together. We were all talk, both of us. We never let God actually guide our family. We had some good moments. We had some good uh, times during that time, you know, this time frame. I had things happen to me that I couldn't explain. I couldn't explain how we were still living in a house and able to eat and stuff like that after we lost everything. But yet we continue to walk away. We continue to fall deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. And again, the uh, I don't need to go into detail. But just know we fell really deep into sin. And it doesn't matter who sins worse than the other because there really isn't. It's a uh, sin is a sin is a sin. Probably after that accident is when things really started to fall apart and uh, we really started kind of seeing, you know, going two different directions. And we held it together for a few more years. Um, and we would get closer to God when we'd realize when he saved our tail again and again and again. And we would uh, come back to God, you know, come back closer to God. And then when things would get good again guess what? We walked away again, fell back into sin again. You know, it's, it, it's what we all do, or a lot of us do. I know I've done it my entire life. And God continues to bless me in so many different ways. He's kept me out of, you know, aside from the one mistake I made when I lived in Florida, he kept me out of jail Um, all the times that I used to drink and drive, he protected me along with everybody around me. That accident that I had, I rolled a semi over, I fell asleep at the wheel, rolled a semi over in the ditch. At 60 miles an hour, I'm sliding for life down in a ditch, you know, inside of a semi truck. And I walked out with a scratch on my arm. I didn't have my seatbelt on either. I'll be the first one to admit, I did not wear a seatbelt at the time. Before that, I've been diagnosed with type two diabetes. And to this day, as bad as I am with, with my diet and no exercise and everything else, my test results come back fairly normal with the exception of my A1C. you know by st- stat- statistically speaking i should probably be dead by now or at least on insulin but i'm not and you can say whatever you want to say about that but i look at it as god protecting me he's been protecting me i'm going to cause my own issues at times but god down you know god somehow keeps it down to the point to where uh, I'm not harmed in, in, in any major, major way. And thank him, you know, for, for keeping my family safe through all of this. Amber's had her own issues. Some of the stuff that she's done, and she would be the first one to admit it. God's protected her as well. He's protected our whole family in spite of what we've done. We are filthy, filthy sinners. In our thoughts, and our actions, we do not deserve it. But God has protected me, and he has done all of these different things through my entire life and continues to do so. Even though I'm not doing what he wants me to do. Whether this podcast is it, whether it's something else later on down the road, I don't know, but I'm I'm trying this spiritual battle that I'm I've been going through for the last few years. I you know when when my wife and I got separated and I moved down to Amarillo, um, just another. I'll give you another example. I moved down here. And, it, and it, the move had to do with financials. It wasn't about escaping and getting away from my family and leaving my family. That wasn't it. And I'm sure there are – sorry about that. Something just fell over. Uh, there are parts – I'm sure there's parts of her family because some of her family won't even talk to me anymore. Um, you know, They don't know the whole story, but I'm not going to sit and play the blame game either because we are both responsible. But um, when I moved down here, it had nothing to do with that trying to get away. and and just start over and, and just forget about my family and here's some money every week. And that's that, that was never the intention. The intention was to be able to make enough money to support her and support me so that I could, you know, and then eventually, you know, we'd work things out. Things would work out. But honestly, I think God put me down here in the wilderness. If you read the Bible, you know, there's, there's parts where, um, sometimes God will put you, in the wilderness, and you got to deal with stuff. And I think God had finally had enough of me. And thank, thank him that he did not give up on me. I kept thinking this entire time maybe he gave up on me, but in reality, he put me down here in the wilderness to be alone and to realize, hey, number one, all you need is me. I'm speaking, God speaking, that all I need is him. And that he will take care of the rest. He will take care of my family. He will take care of everything else. He had had enough of me and my garbage. And I went through a time, one particular night, I shouldn't have made it. And Jesus stepped in. No, he didn't walk through the door. He didn't appear next to me. I could feel him. I turned on Pastor Mike the next morning. The sermon was exactly what I had just gone through the night before. I'm not going to say what I was thinking because you have to be careful when you say that nowadays. Because people freak out and they think they're going to, they want to try to commit you and stuff. But you got to understand people go through these thoughts. Sometimes it doesn't mean you're actually going to do stuff all the time, but I was very close and God intervened. And I hope and pray that I can be whatever it is that God wants me to be now. And I want you, each and every one of you that listen to this, I want you to understand the way I see this relationship with God In Jesus Christ, it is a personal feeling. It is a personal relationship. I don't read the Bible like I should, but I believe it because I felt the presence. I felt God's presence. I've witnessed it in my life. I felt it on my knees in prayer. I felt it at other times, even when I wasn't praying. I've, I've been driving down the road and just be busting out into tears because I've listened to Pastor Mike or someone else and the, and, the, and the message they're teaching was something that I needed to hear at the time. God does that. If you don't believe me, try it. He does it to me all the time. He just did it to me recently. You know, I, I friend of mine, uh, CJ and I went to, uh, when there's this uh, Army surplus store. You know, we got, the, we got the Corona going on, you know. So, um, we're looking at some, you know, maybe some survival stuff. And we decided to go check out this Army surplus store right up the street from me. We've been meaning to check it out since I moved here. I've been here almost two years. We never went to it. So, we went to it. And we made, for some reason, I got this feeling, I got to walk to the back of the room. I got to to look at the whole place, even though I really wasn't buying anything because it was, you know, kind of expensive. So we went around, and we're looking around and stuff, and I ran into this guy back there. And we're talking, I can't even remember how it got brought up. I think CJ might have brought it up. Something about, you know, God got brought into the conversation somehow, some way. And we started talking about, you know, our beliefs and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, well, by the way, I, oh, I know what it was. I asked something about I wanted to volunteer, trying to find a place to volunteer because, I, you know, I've been getting that feeling the entire time I'm down here. Of course, I ignore it like I do everything else. I ignore it. And uh, turns out, you know, they're part of the organ- an organization that helps with trafficking uh, these girls and stuff like that. And then they also have this little small church, you know, they have small church services um, and he's the pastor. It was crazy. It was crazy how it all worked out. And then, and then uh, we ended up going to the church and then the virus thing happened and now we have to do online, <laughs> you know, so um, it, it's crazy how things work out, you know, and, well, it's not crazy. It really isn't crazy. It's God. God does that. You know, He if he does it for me, he can do it for you, too. That's the whole point. It's the whole point of my testimony. I don't deserve anything that God has done for me. And the people out there that believe that they control their own destiny, that they're so wrapped up in themselves, and they're so wrapped up, and they think they're gods. And it's not just celebrities and music stars and stuff like that. It's just everyday people. I see people on my Facebook feed all the time. They're constant selfies. They cannot get enough of themselves. And some of these people call themselves Christian. Some of these people post about going to church and they post things about God and stuff like that. Meanwhile, they're posting about how many different dating apps they're on. They can't find a mate that satisfies them. That meets their standards. And constant selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie. You are a lover of yourself. You don't love anybody else. You love yourself. You're more concerned with what's going on in your life. Going to church, you're just being a hypocrite. That's why I stayed out of churches. I couldn't go to church. All these years I, I have a hard, had a hard time going to church because I was a hypocrite and I knew I'd be a hypocrite if I walked through those doors. And I still feel that way to an extent. But I'm trying. I'm trying to let loose and let God work in my life. I'm trying to let things finally go because I'm telling you right now, you might not have any supernatural things happen in your life and you might not have anything drastic happen. You might not even see hardly any change at all, but the change that matters is in your heart. The change that matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what matters. You don't have to do anything special. There's never been anything that you had to do special to follow Christ. And if anybody tells you that, they're wrong. It's not in the Bible. So, you know, that's, I could probably go a lot longer as far as my testimony goes and I should probably try that, you know, uh, or I should have probably done it a long time ago so I could go more into detail and I didn't really want to get uh, too personal. But um, just know this, from the time I was a child, even though I told God that I hated him because I felt bad that he had kicked Satan out of heaven. And then around eighth grade, I got saved. I got baptized. And I've been on my knees several times since then, repenting and asking God to to take over my life. But it's me who keeps running away. It is me, not God. It's me. Every time I've turned around, Jesus is right there. Helping me, picking up the pieces. And he can do that for you too. Don't listen to all this garbage that's out there about Christianity and treating Christianity like a religion and treating this whole thing. They come up with every excuse in the book of what why this is wrong and that's wrong and this is bad and uh, this is a, it's a fairy tale. I'm telling you right now that feeling I've had my entire life when God has has been close to me or when I excuse me since I, when I'm close to God not when God's God's always there. When I feel close to God, you cannot tell me that is a fake feeling and that's a fairy tale. It is not. So when you come up with a reason and, and a logical explanation of how I felt the way I felt in the all the years past. And how every single time I've tried running away from God and coming up with an excuse not to believe him. Yes, I listen to some of the new agers and I listen to some of the, the people that love to talk about chakras and you know all this other crap out here. I've listened to all that and I've always been led back to God. I've always found if you keep following the road, it always leads back to God. Not to be confused with all leads back all roads lead to Rome. That's not don't even try. Don't even try it. That's not what I mean. The point is most people are looking for something to satisfy them at the time. Something that makes them feel good about themselves, because that's all we think about is ourselves. We're only worried about ourselves. Yeah, feeding people, feeding the homeless, helping people out on that's all fine and dandy. That's good. That's you know that's good moral human behavior. But there's more to it, way more to it. You can choose to believe what you want to believe. But I choose to believe God. I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. He was beaten severely. Died on a cross for me, rose on the third day to take away all my sins. He paid for my sins. And even though I continue to sin day after day after day, he still watches over me and he still takes care of me. It is a personal relationship. It is not a religion. Okay. That's my testimony. If you want to, you know, if you have other questions, you want to know more um, within reason, I'll be glad to answer those. BrokenManRadio at gmail.com. If you've had something similar happen to you over the years, if you're struggling with your faith, email me. I'll talk to you about it you know maybe we should build some sort of network that uh, we can support each other we're going to need it cuz time is short folks time is very very short jesus is definitely coming it's got nothing to do with this virus that's not what i'm talking about but he is coming very very soon this is just that's just another sign So there you have it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, if you've shared it, please share. If you haven't shared it, please share. If you have, thank you very much. And uh, the next episode, uh, ironically, will be about fear. So episode number four will be fear. We'll be starting the new, you know, the actual podcast series. Uh, just less of me rambling, hopefully, maybe have a plan. That's kind of where I'm going. Uh, hopefully definitely will be shorter. This one's running about 50 minutes and I apologize if it's been too long. So, uh, again, if you got any questions, broken radio at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. I can't thank you enough. You know, uh, God blesses me every day. He can bless you too. And he probably has been, you just really didn't take the time to notice. Stay inside stay safe. You know, while we've got this thing going on, make sure you stay inside. Don't. You know, don't take a chance on catching it, giving it to somebody else or whatever. Please, please. You know, this is a a rough time right now. Everybody needs to be smart. Okay? And uh, I know it's going to lead to some other things, some really bad things. Right now, you got to protect your family, you and your family. So, trust God, trust Jesus, and uh, we'll catch you again real, real soon with another show.